1: 7 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jenks Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Justin Dixon, good morning, Justin. When you were with us uh, last time, uh, not too long ago, you kind of teased there was some news that you couldn't share with uh-huh. us, but it was some exciting news. Was this it, the Amazon Second Facility?
2: Listen, you tell me. Uh, I think it's very exciting. First of all, good morning, Mike, Aaron, Ruben. Uh, glad you guys are having me. Uh, it, You know, this was part of it. Uh, the other was a major announcement we did last week in uh, Cushada, which was an expansion of an existing company that was $250 million and over 100 employees. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got a lot of great things going everywhere. But this was certainly part of that great news.
3: This Amazon last mile facility. Explain what that is and what we will see there. Will it be the little vans? What's the? It's not what's like the, the Green
1: Mile, is it? It's right. Not the-
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, not like the Green Mile. Uh, yeah. So this is this is where the customers' package goes to be ready to be delivered. So you know, as it states, the last mile taking those packages and delivering them to customers.
3: And it doesn't literally mean they're only going one mile. How how big an area will this last mile facility?
2: Um, service you know they they go a lot further than a mile you're exactly right Uh, they will be serving most of northwest Louisiana uh, some over in the east Texas and all the way up into the Arkansas uh, area so it's a pretty big area
1: when uh, when Aaron and I took the tour of the Amazon facility um, up in North Shreveport that was one of my questions was where are we going to get the gray vans to do you know delivering these same day delivery packages? And she said, No, that's not what this facility is. This is uh they'll these packages will come and then be distributed to other facilities for those. But now we have one of those that does have the same day delivery vans for our area. And they'll work in yeah. concert with so are they going to ship from that uh, large facility to this last mile facility?
2: So, so quite possibly, but it'll come from other large facilities as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they look at their network, where do we have the most widgets there from here, we'll pull them in and drop them into the last mile facility in Shreveport. So they can come from there, but they could come from elsewhere as well.
3: So the jobs at the last mile facility, a large portion of them are um, drivers?
2: Correct. Correct. That is absolutely correct.
3: There'll be some, I guess, packaging type people to get them on the right trucks, but the vast majority of them are going to be drivers.
2: Correct. That is that is correct.
3: And the pay for those jobs?
2: You know, we haven't listed that out yet, but I I don't see that any way they're going to do it less than what they did at the uh, the main facility. Now, a lot of these will be part time jobs, and so uh, you know the pay will fluctuate. Uh, but the full-time jobs there would definitely be within line uh, with what they announced at the fulfillment center.
1: Now, we know the, the huge facility is scheduled for coming up mid-2024. Is that correct?
2: That's correct. When they came in and stated they were pushing it to 2024, not one thing has changed since then. And now what about uh, the new one? The new one, uh, they will begin construction on that almost immediately. And as far as you know, bringing it up online... Uh, these people don't like their assets to sit idle too much. So uh, when they get it up and ready, it'll be running.
3: And how soon do they start hiring? Is it three months out, six months out? What's, what do you anticipate for that?
2: You know, we haven't talked about that yet. I think we'd have to get closer to, to make sure we're on time for, for getting it completed. Uh, believe it or not, there's still issues with uh, getting materials in because of the supply chain uh, issues. And so... Uh, it will be closer to when they're completed, but we don't have an exact time at this point.
3: Justin Dixon with North Louisiana Economic Partnership. I want to know what you were smoking or drinking when you put out this number. <laughs> you you put out a number that said one in five Americans wow. lives within 500 miles of shreveport Bozier. Is, yeah. is that uh, true or, or were you drinking?
2: That I was, was smoking truth ganja. Uh, <laughs> there's a reason that I, you know, there's, there's a reason that, that I, I came and took this job. We are in a great location to distribute product throughout the U.S. We can hit up yes. 21 MSAs within a day's drive. Wow. And companies like Amazon, companies like SLB, uh, they are starting to see this. And they're starting to take advantage of it. And and, and we're going to keep pushing that narrative. Now, it's
1: true. SLB, you mean that's Lumberjee? Mm-hmm. Correct. So now... Okay, hold on. Reuben, take us off the air if you don't mind. So this is just <laughs> private. This, yeah, of just, course. This will this be this our just, private yeah.
3: conversation.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah Justin, y'all, are y'all are off. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Laptop. This is just <laughs> the three of us, Justin. What do you have working? What else can we look forward yeah. to that you can tell just Aaron and I?
2: <laughs> just Aaron and you. We are always working every day, as I told you last time. Uh, we don't anticipate this to be the last announcement of this year. Uh, we still have a couple of things that we're working on, but it is—it's certainly been a great year, a great few years, and we're going to keep pushing it. And listen, I'm going to give credit where credit's due. It's not just us. Uh, it's the port. It's BRF. It's Greater Bozier. It's mm-hmm. Ruston. It's Baptist. We Everybody has to keep pushing in the same direction. and It really feels like we're getting that way.
3: And it looks like Justin, if we were, if we were, uh, you know, outside of the forest and looking at in, we could see that. Man, this area is really prime for a big boom. Do you see that? I mean, you're in the forest, I understand, but could we really be, could this just be the beginning?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely, this is just the beginning because we still have other assets uh, that companies want to take advantage of. And so, you know, we don't stop with one win. We're going to keep pushing through. And so, yes, we see this as as first standing with a lot to go.
1: Well, keep smoking that ganja because it's working.
2: <laughs> the Good truth ganja. Yeah, we are. I'll share some with you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Justin Dixon, North Louisiana Economic Partnership. Thank you, sir. Godspeed. Keep doing God's work. You bet.
2: Thank you, guys. Appreciate y'all. Y'all have a great week. Uh-huh. 101.7 FM, 710. Get back to the show
0: with Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710 you
4: Happy
1: Halloween!
5: Yeah,
3: did, did, Ruby? Did you find some scary music? I know we had a whole, whole new system, so I'm hoping you were able to find.
5: Yeah, some. I, I wasn't able to to do it. I'm 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 too scared to add certain stuff to this yet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he knew the other system like the back of
5: his hand.
4: He,
3: he do. He, he finds. Um, you know, I've. For a long time, I've said, look, everybody in the country is playing Thriller and Monster Mash and Ghostbusters and blah, blah, the same old. Right. Find right. some cool stuff. OMG. The dude. I mean, we had Exorcist. We had, what else did you come up? With? Some tubular. I don't uh,
5: know. Uh, it's, uh, some of the themes from Hellraiser. Um. <laughs> The song Halloween by the punk rock band The Dead Kennedys, uh, just uh, all kinds of weird stuff. I,
3: I, don't think there's another radio station playing The The Dead
5: Kennedys. <laughs> no. Probably no. Not, happening. not since the 80s, no.
3: <laughs> so if we can slide them in today, I'm gonna see. You know, will we'll see. I'll try and figure you something know. out. Okay, sure. he's, yeah, if we have to play them off the, uh, get the cassette tape out in there. I'll get the, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll get the
5: old cassette player.
3: Oh, Pull that thing <laughs> out and dust it off. Can oh, <laughs> I remember those name. days? Jeez.
1: We had a cassette deck. Te- yeah, there was yes. a, there was a, a time when we had a cassette deck in the control room. I used to Oh my god. cover yeah. meetings, like school board meetings,
3: uh city council meetings. <sighs> I and I I'd, yes. I'd tote this cassette deck with me. And we'd sit through these and I'd bring four cassettes because you know it could be a 3-hour meeting. You know, and you got to flip them mm. over and all that. And so you'd label <laughs> the cassettes. This is number 1A, 2 And then you'd have to come back to the radio station and find that just that right 15-second audio clip for your newscast.
1: Out of four cassette tapes. Out of
3: four cassette tapes. Two sides, yeah. Now, you know, you get good at writing down, you know, where the piece is you want on your notepad. You write down, hey, this is tape A, you know, at Mm -hmm. about 30 minutes in or whatever. But golly, has that world changed. Because I'd sit there and I'd be looking at these people like, "Can y'all talk any more? Can y'all please drone on some more?" Because right. I haven't had, had enough fun here today.
1: I've got a digital recorder that's about the size of the iPhone. Mm-hmm. And and like when we do table reads at the theater, yeah. When when uh, you very first get the cast together and you do a table read, um, I'll record it. And okay. then take it into my studio, and I'll go in and take all of my lines out. So, oh. so I'll have everybody else in their voice... Reading their part and it helps me learn my lines.
3: Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, it's
1: really it's a lot of work. But I bet it is. Yeah. But then I also give the recording to everybody in the cast, and they can listen to. They can do the same. And it helps. They, yeah. yeah, it helps. But I mean, one digital record, I can record the whole the whole
4: show without know. you know without know. changing
1: tapes, oh. and you immediately just load it in. You don't have to play it real time right and yeah. load it into the you know into the computer uh, or whatever
3: yeah the boy have things changed and I think about these young reporters now and I'm like they've got all this digital stuff they don't have you know, the videotape stuff that you used to have—they used to have to go back and edit. Oh I mean, my gosh! All well, the back in the videos—they actually
1: uh, had they had reels. Yes, you know, they exactly. had film.
3: film, I know.
1: Film <laughs> at eleven.
3: Oh uh, yeah, literally. Yeah, and it's just changed so much, and it it's makes it so easy to do what we're doing now. Because I—I mean, this room used to be the newsroom in here, and we had the old Underwood typewriters, right? Click 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 click. You know, and you, you'd be. Typing away.
1: And the control room, I remember when we first, because we had carts and they looked like eight track tapes. Yep. The carts did, but it, like, one cart was 40 seconds, could be 40 seconds long, and then it had a 30 second commercial. Mm-hmm. And that's all it had on it. Right. So in your breaks, you loaded all your commercials and then your song, and then, and a, a, you know, the, a cart would have one song. Mm-hmm. So it kept up with everything. And I remember when we first got CDs. And you had to put them in the little case and put them in the CD player. Right, right. Like a a cassette kind Uh of thing. And it was great until it wasn't. (laughs) Just killing. (laughs) (laughs) Like, well, crap. Back
3: to records, yeah. (laughs) Oh, man, has it changed since we started? Holy cow.
1: And hence the nightmares when you didn't have anything in the control room. Right. The song was fading. There was no new music. Mm -hmm. Now it's all on computer. You don't put anything in anyway.
3: And the younger generation, they're going back to vinyl. Yes. They're buying records. They can't get enough records. (laughs) They love it.
5: Is Opossum on vinyl? Rube, not yet. Not yet. We're, okay. we're we're working on it. <laughs> I want to see those album covers. It's a uh, it's a uh, it's kind of difficult. There's like one or two different you know places in like Nashville that press records anymore. So oh. and then you got to pay for at least five hundred if you want to get right. a good price. So a right.
4: GoFundMe
3: has to be set up. Yes, yeah, please. Okay,
4: got
3: <laughs> oh Lord, it's changed. Very well,
5: cool. Have well, a great,
3: safe Halloween today. Definitely.
1: I don't. Yeah, I told you, Santa's, t- He didn't. Sh- he's not going to show up this year. Just just an Santa's FYI. Santa's not showing up. No, he didn't make it. He didn't make it for the it. whole year, or just Halloween. No, 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 Are no, no. For tonight? Me. No, for tonight. Okay. For tonight
3: he better show up in December. Um,
1: he's he's going to be at a fundraiser for the Humane Society. Okay, and you can bring your you know your lovely pets and have pictures made with Santa. Oh, very cool. You can have your pets have their pictures because Santa loves dogs.
3: Where is that event?
1: Uh, flying Heart. Okay, very cool. Yeah, it's it's going to be it, it, it's actually a lot of fun. They they have a professional photographer going to be there. And, we love uh, those those <laughs> photographers. November fifth. Yeah, the photographer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, November 5th at Flying Heart. So it's so. not
3: tonight. It's November 5th. Okay, cool. Yeah,
1: November 5th. Very cool. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm.
4: Uh,
1: some uh, exciting news downtown. We talked about that yesterday. The state building broke ground yesterday. Liz Swain shares uh, what that means for downtown Treeport coming up at 640. Mike and McCarty, 1017FM, 710 com. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on
0: 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. We have okay, to have an election.
1: T- today's Halloween.
3: Yeah, we haven't, we're having an election right here.
1: My sister mm-hmm. loves candy corn. Okay. Mm-hmm. Loves candy corn. Yes. Um, I don't hate it. It, it, it certainly. Now, I love candy corn when you mix it with dry roasted peanuts.
3: Oh yeah, then oh it's definitely. Like,
1: it's like eating a payday bar. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. It's that. It's that. I guess that sweet and salty mix. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine brought that one time. His mom brought it to work. And uh, I, I said, what, you know, it's a bag of candy corn, but it had peanuts in it. Ooh, yum. He goes, have you tried this? I said, no, I've never even heard it he says try it. I was like,
3: oh, oh wow. Gosh. Well, see, I'm a candy corn lover, and I it's Halloween, and I haven't had any yet. But there are, typically, there are haters, and they're, lo- Ruben, what are you, a candy corn hater or lover?
5: I don't know. I, I definitely
1: don't hate it. Okay. I mean, it's, okay. I it's fine. I think Ruben and I yeah. are in the same place. I mean, you yeah, know, but some people hate it, it and say
3: it's just wax. It's like but eating wax. Have. Why would I, you want to eat wax?
1: That. I can see that.
3: I like candy. Mm. I need to go get some. I haven't had any yet.
5: Okay, what about circus peanuts? Uh, I, I really liked those when I was a kid, but I had one not long ago, and I was like, uh, <laughs> God, where the, where the hell did you get a circus peanut recently? <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, and, yeah, they have them. They have, I, I like bought a small bag
4: Oh at man. the Circle K.
5: Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, that's funny. They're still out there. <laughs> They're still hmm. out there. Oh, I want the little wax Coke bottles with the, oh, the Kool Aid
3: yeah. in them. Oh yeah!
1: <laughs>
5: I'm more of a wax lips kind of
1: guy. Do yes. <laughs> you remember the wax harmonicas? Yes. The orange wax. Harma, oh, oh that, my I love gosh. that wax.
5: There's something about that.
3: Mm-hmm. And the, remember, <laughs> remember the candy cigarettes? Can you even have those anymore?
5: <laughs> they're, they're called candy sticks with an <laughs> X now, but they still have, like, the cowboy on the cover and everything. Do and they yeah, really? Yeah. They're, they're, they're out there.
3: I thought they would have banned those by now. Oh, well. well they're,
5: they're just not called cigarettes anymore. Now they're just sticks.
3: Okay. Do they come in a little 20-pack? Yeah. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah.
3: Oh, that's, With well, the be, little
1: red, little little pink end, yeah. like it was lit. Now, if oh. I'm
3: coming to your house trick or treating, Greg Adams, where he gives out full size candy bars, um, I want, I want chocolate. I want, you know, I want the full chocolate See, candy yeah. bar. Yeah, oh yeah. And he gives out full size candy bars. I
1: mean, he's, he makes more money than I do.
3: Yeah. Then. Message us on the <laughs> Three Four Security Systems message board, and we'll give you his address.
1: <laughs> it was Aaron McCarty. He's
3: gonna kill he me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: New Orleans homeless population has increased over the past year just ridiculously.
3: Not pandemic. This is just in the last yes, year. Yes, we'll mm-hmm. talk
1: about that next. Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Keel.
0: Back to the big stories of the day with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel.
1: 1017 FM, 710 KEO Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. My dear friend, Liz Swain, joining us from the Downtown Development Authority. Liz, good morning. Hello, honeys. How are you doing? Wonderful, exciting news. The Louisiana yeah, State Building moving downtown. Right. What does this mean for downtown?
6: Well, it means several big things. It means that... I. Uh, the former Jody Wagner building, which has not been occupied for more than 20 years and was looking pretty grim, let me tell you. Uh, has it's it going been to be completely years? redone into a, wow. yeah, more than, is going to be completely redone into a state of the art, beautiful, architecturally interesting building. And it's going to move about 400 employees to downtown Shreveport. But other than that, it puts the state employees where they should have been to begin with which is near government plaza which is near the courthouse which is near the court of appeal you know it just puts them in the center of all the things that they interact with every day anyhow so it just makes great sense for for everyone involved
3: now the demolition work has pretty pretty much already started and it's about a yes. year a year long project they're hoping to have the demo work done by the summer time that's what I understand. You know, all of that is weather related, but it is
6: remarkable. Have you had a chance to drive by lately? Because it will shock you. That parking garage is gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is nothing but a lot there. And then the building itself, it's being demoed basically from the inside out. Um, now there are just floors. And before long, you'll just be able to see through the entire building because only the skeletal structure will remain and then once that's completed, then the architectural team and the general contractor team and all of that will start on on their work.
1: Now, Liz, I said earlier, growth begats more growth. Uh, what are some ancillary benefits that, that mm-hmm. we could look forward to with shopping and more residential in downtown Shreveport?
6: Well, you know, that, that is certainly always the, the hope and the desire. And it generally is the rule as well, because... Many of these people, obviously, they already live in Shreveport, the state workers. But as you get new workers who come in or people who are interacting with the state workers, the businesses that want to be near uh, potentially what the state is doing. Um, and then the foot traffic. These are people who need to who are going to want to eat lunch and have snacks and mm-hmm. get outside and maybe go for a coffee, have a meeting, uh, do a little shopping when they're walking to. Uh, wherever they're going for their meeting or their parking. And so any time you have a building that has activity that will draw people downtown, people will be going to those build that building to pull licenses and permits and talk to state employees. That just gives us the added opportunity to pull in more uh, walking dollars for our businesses of all types that are already located downtown. Okay, Liz,
3: I'm going to, Debbie Downer, you a minute. Um, okay, then. The old the old state office building is in deplorable condition. We have not properly maintained it over the years, and it's just gone down and down and down. How can we be assured that the state is going to take care of this building in the future and that we won't be facing the same problem 20 or 30 years from now? And
6: that is a great Question and you know it's one of the same questions we've asked about city buildings and other buildings mm-hmm. that are municipally or government owned. Mm-hmm. Uh, governments are usually really really good about building buildings. Yep. They find the money, but the maintenance is always a challenge. Now, one of the reasons that the state has not put a lot of money into the building on uh, in Highland is because they knew potentially that they would be moving out. So why throw millions and millions of dollars into a building? If you're going to be selling it in just a couple of years. So that was a calculated decision that they made on that building. But but truly one of the things that we'll have to do is work really closely and our elected officials will as well with the state to make sure that they have the money in those maintenance accounts that will keep this building looking beautiful for 20, 30, 40, and 50 years because we want it to last. This is a big investment. This is $74 million, mm-hmm. and we want it to last. We want it to look good. We want that roof not to leak. We want everything to function properly. So it's kind of on us to to focus them as much as it's on them to dedicate that money.
3: One other thing, they're building the, a new parking garage for the people that work there. What, what mm-hmm. about people who have to go visit the state building. Is parking going to be an issue? Or are you going to have to have on-street parking? Where do you park if you got to do business with the state?
6: From my understanding, they are building parking in the parking garage that will also uh, be available to those people who will be coming to the state building. There is, you know, fairly significant around that building on-street parking And then there's options, quite honestly, for the state if they wanted to expand their parking a little bit. There are some vacant properties nearby that if they felt the need to have additional parking, they could certainly do it. But that is one of the things, you know, that they've taken into account with all of their planning is not only their employees, which are an important component, but also making it accessible to everybody who needs it.
3: This is kind of on the western edge of downtown. And I would ask you, does this kind of help expand the footprint of downtown toward the west a little bit? Could we see more development along that area?
6: Um, it really, it's it's kind of north. So it, it abuts Caddo Street, really right across the street from the convention center. So that could be helpful. You know, on really big weekends, the convention center bursts at the seams with its parking. And so I can see a partnership from the state to allow the convention center on weekends to use their parking garage, which would be incredibly helpful. But you're correct. As you look to the west, which is basically between, let's say, McNeil Street and Common Street, all of that is vacant property now. It didn't used to be. It used Mm -hmm. to have structures on it, but now it's vacant. And most of it is for sale. So absolutely, yes, this could help incentivize additional development toward that west to that new Bayou Grand apartment building and and mixed use development so it could um you know create a spark in a in a section of downtown that has really been fallow for a number of years now
1: talking with liz swain downtown development authority liz uh we're excited about the state building making their move is there anything else that you might be working on that you can share with us
6: Well, we're working with a couple of new restaurants that are planning on coming in, including our very first vegan restaurant. So they've got to, you know, uh, dot some I's and cross some T's before that's a done deal. Uh, We continue to work with people who are interested in converting buildings to residential. And, you know, it's a process, guys. You know, I, I wish I could say, oh, we've got this and this and this. But what happens is it takes a while. People have to make that decision, have to find the funding, have to find a banking partner, mm-hmm. have to find investors, you know, all those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And it always takes longer than we'd hope, but there's all, there are always things in the works.
1: Liz Swain, Downtown Development Authority, congratulations. Exciting news, and uh, we'll keep we'll keep, uh, keep us posted if you would.
6: I surely will. Thanks, guys. Thank
1: Thanks. you. 101.7 FM, 710. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017
0: FM and 710 Kiel.
1: I know people are like New Orleans, you know, you love it or you hate it. My wife is in the latter category. Really? I'm not. I if I were single, I could mm. live. I could live in the quarter. Oh gosh! Yeah. I could you know, just play clarinet, and I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I just—I could draw
3: stick figures,
1: and would oh. yeah, be fine. Mm-hmm. But but uh, I, I and it's not because I love the party life at, at all. That's not it. Anybody knows me knows that. But I love the the music. I love the architecture. Um I you know there's so much about new orleans that i that I do like
4: mm-hmm.
1: but homelessness is is gotten aaron it is surged by more than fifty percent since last year, not since the pandemic right, not since covid Mm-mm. last year,
3: and that's partially due to the the inflation
1: failed democratic policies
3: mm-hmm. yeah. That's what it is. It's a report on NOLA.com that they are now pushing an effort to, quote, rid the city's, eliminate homelessness in New Orleans, and they have started it and have moved at least 17 people into uh, subsidized housing. They've gotten some federal money for this program, and they're hoping over the next two months to move at least 100 people from encampments under the Pontchartrain Expressway, you mm-hmm. know, in there. I mean, there's just tent after tent after tent and people are sleeping out there and, you know, winter's coming. It's right. going to be very cold. We're hitting our first cold snap now.
1: And they say once they get the encampments cleared, they're going to block them off. Yes. And turn them into areas for new development or green space. Mm. So
3: they're they're saying they've got to find housing for at least fifteen hundred people. And the funding for that, because, and are you going to just continue to pay for the fund, pay for the housing forever? I say,
1: that, that, that's not a solution.
3: you got to find a long-term
1: solution. More welfare isn't the answer.
3: And, and to be honest with you, and there are people that are, say, from both sides of the aisle will say, these people need more than just housing. Many of them need counseling, they need drug treatment, they need, you know, lots of other things.
1: Mental health counseling.
3: Absolutely. And and you got to work at work with all of it and try to help. But they're hoping they will have low or no unsheltered homelessness. That's a quote in the piece by the end of 2025. No well, unsheltered homelessness. That's a great ambition. It really is. Make I wish it you the best. But but bring it all together. Don't just Drop them off in an apartment and go, good luck. They're off the street. Look, yeah. no more homeless. Aren't we great? Yeah. You got to help them beyond that. No doubt about it.
1: Mm. You and I are going to, are we going to take a, a memory test? Is that what you said? Yes. Yeah. Later this morning? You forgot already? I couldn't remember what, what it was exactly.
4: <laughs> Maybe we, we are, yeah. yeah.
1: We are. <laughs> That's in the, in the 8 o'clock hour, the Bridge Alzheimer's um, Resource Center. They're coming point, in. going to be here.
3: They have a big event going on this week, and they want you to know about it, and they're give us a little quiz.
1: Mikey McCarty, 1017FM, 710keel.com. Uh-huh. 1017 FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty, a charming duo, I think.
3: Not bad, not bad. We'll
1: keep them. I, I think we're friendly. Mm hmm. We're fair. Try to be. I, lovely couple. Lovely people. <laughs> why? Why wouldn't? Why wouldn't anybody want to be on our show?
4: Yeah,
3: I don't understand it. I don't. I don't get it. I'm. I'm. I'm a little bit mystified. Uh, we, When we had John Nicholson on, what was it, the 18th of October, um, also reached out to Henry Whitehorn, both candidates for sheriff. They made the runoff. November 18th is the election. Um, early voting, by the way, is November 3rd through the 11th, excluding Sunday, November 5th, and Friday, November 10th for Veterans Day. Sorry. Okay. Um, and so Mr. Nicholson came in, spent a good 30 minutes with us, invited Mr. Whitehorn. Mm-hmm. And he said he was not available until October 26th.
1: That's come and gone.
3: Well, I reached out to him that day or the day after. And I said, hey, just checking in to see if you've got any availability for this week, the week we're in now. And wanted to schedule you some time to get to get in and come on the show. And um he has not answered me. He's not texted me back. Um, I haven't called him to talk because the last time I called him... He sent me one of those messages that said, please text me. So I texted him. Do you have some time one morning next week? And I'm still waiting. And that went to him on Friday morning at 918. Um, I did get a call from someone in his camp yesterday who is trying to talk him into coming on the air with us. And I don't want – he didn't put – he didn't really say what. what is Henry's – um you know, hesitancy to do deal. so right what well, why he would not mm-hmm. but I you know for folks to think that the the people that listen to this show are all conservative republicans, oh. you know. <laughs> You're you're missing the mark. I, I, mean, well, I,
1: I can guarantee you that's not true. Just our our messages call me to task on all the time issues,
3: all the time, right? And and our and I, and I actually am privy to the ratings numbers and the demographics and all that. And it's all over the map. Mm-hmm. It's all over the map, and it's a In lot a good of good way. Yes, absolutely. It, we want. That's what we want. That's mm-hmm. the goal. We want people who care about this community to listen. Now we. we I think we asked John Nicholson some tough questions and I think we would do the same with Henry Whitehorn. I'm not going to be any more tough. You're not no. going to be any more tough on Whitehorn than we were on Nicholson. It's going to be the same. We're going to be fair. Tell us why you're the best candidate. Well, you know, what do you believe?
1: I've had an opportunity as you have in in excuse me.
3: You're you're dying
1: <sighs> over there. You're going to be all right. You'll be all right. I'm told you I'm trying to get a sinus infection. Don't do it. Um, we've, we've had opportunity to talk to Henry
4: mm-hmm.
1: in, in social situations, sure. in, you know, uh, not in an official capacity. Mm-hmm. He's a very nice man. I have utmost respect for a, Henry. And, we and, go and back a, a tremendous long way. Experience. Yeah, I mean,
3: absolutely. He's a, uh, he's a very competent and I think very professional man. I don't agree man. with him
1: on a lot of things.
3: There are some things we're going to disagree on. Absolutely. And you know Nicholson and I disagree on some things there's mm-hmm. no doubt about yes. that I, um yes but my worry is if you if you don't want to come on this radio show because you don't want to answer hard questions you don't want to be criticized um you're you're you don't need this audience I don't know pick one whatever it is what kind of sheriff are you going to be are will you gonna, we will are we ever
1: answer our calls?
3: Will we ever get you on this radio show in the future? Will you just be uh, James Green to us? Persona non grata? we Will right. never have you on the show, but you're sheriff of the whole parish? Yeah. Will you ignore half the community? What kind of sheriff is that?
1: And and if it's if you if you feel like you don't need this audience, that's one thing. But if you feel like you don't want this audience. Or you can ignore them. Right. And I mean, I
3: have a, I have had a great relationship with Don Hathaway before Steve Prater and with Steve Prater now. Mm-hmm. Where if they're like yesterday, there was something going on at a local school. Mm-hmm. I called Sheriff Prater directly and I said, hey, I want to know what's going on before we put anything out. Um, give me the lowdown. And he was readily available. And sometimes he. Takes the call right away. Sometimes he calls me right back if he's on the scene of something.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: But I mean, that's a, that's the relationship you need to have with with the media. And then I'm talking about all of us. You know, whether you like me, I there's a lot of people that don't like me in this town. I get that. I understand. That's okay. I'm good with that. But people need to know the information. The community needs to know the information. So I don't know why he's so hesitant. And I think, I, was, I think
1: he's going to come on.
3: I think he is too. I, I, hope I so. think he's
1: going to join us. And
3: I may call him again today and, you know, directly and, and no, don't do it.
1: I, leave it. We've, we, we you've, we've reached out.
3: I know. I know. And I feel, but I'm a pest. I'm known to be a pest. Everyone <laughs> listening going, <laughs> yep. Ah, you got that right. And so I, I feel like I don't want to leave it on the table. I want, I want to get him on and have him come in. Sit down, answer our questions. My only other thing I have to think of, and this was something Scott Hughes said, or maybe Scott. I'm not sure. Maybe he's maybe he sees the handwriting on the wall. Maybe he sees that he doesn't have a shot at winning, and he'd be spinning his wheels. So maybe so why he's pulling put out back. The,
4: why put out yeah. the effort?
3: If, if he if he already thinks he's going to
1: lose. Well, I know there's a lot of people putting out effort for him.
3: There are. Still. I mean, I got a call yesterday from from one of the other candidates who who's out, who's pushing for him and said I'm going to try to get him there. I'm going to try to get him on the show. I'm gonna try. I, You know what? It's not your decision, it's not mine. It's Henry Whitehorn's decision mm-hmm. whether he wants to talk to this audience. I'm concerned that he's he's not in it to win it now. If you're if you're not going to come on one of the biggest morning shows in the city, and talk about why you're the best candidate are you in it to win it do you want every possible vote you can get you might convince somebody by sitting in well, that chair and not
1: everybody is opposed to him that listens to this radio
3: absolutely. station absolutely absolutely and there's going to be people on the fence that want to hear him exactly That haven't decided if if nicholson's the right guy
1: and and Aaron, maybe maybe his schedule has been so tight You know, maybe he's... (laughs) I'm sorry. I think I'm getting a sinus infection, too.
4: Did you you have to beat that? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, I mean, open invite. If you know Chief Whitehorn, open invite. 30 minutes. 8 o'clock one morning this week until 8.30. Come on now. We got to pay some bills. It's it's not all 30 minutes, but, you know, we got to earn a little money around here.
1: But Fair game. Let's go. You know, we we we've, we've issued the the invitation, like to James Green.
4: Mm-hmm. You know, and he made the
1: comment from the you know, I think from the horseshoe, from the dais. They don't want me on their show.
3: Yeah, we do. Come huh. on, Mister Green. Yeah, we do. Come on, Reverend Green. Sure. Any day, Still today. Plop your booty right there. Your holy booty right there in that seat. <laughs> and let's let's talk. We'll talk God if you want. I'm good with that. I'm sorry. I'm going off. <laughs> I'm worried. I'm I'm wondering if if Henry Whitehorn's in it to win it now.
1: I really am. That's an interesting point. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting point. We'll see. I I I still think he he will.
3: Does he text me by the end of today or no?
1: I don't know. Okay. That that I don't. I, but I, I still think. I, I you know, well, I don't know. Then. I just think it. Well, I, I, I'm not <laughs> trying to predict what somebody else is thinking. I hope he does. We'll find out.
3: I like him. I think he's a great guy.
1: Tim Fletcher's banging on the door with sports. 1017 FM, 710 Keel.
0: Back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel.
1: What a one seven FM seven ten keel, Mike and McCarty. This is interesting. Got a message that said, Okay, if, if Whitehorn comes on now, it's too late. All this pressure, he had to be forced to come on.
3: Uh, uh, yeah, you know,
1: uh, okay, that's it. I, I just thought that was interesting.
3: That is, that it, it is interesting. I, and I'm, I don't want it to be adversarial. I have a no lot more. of respect for him. I mean, I really do. I think he's, uh, he's done, you know, in terms of public servants in our community. He's one of the ones who's been in the trenches. I mean, he's done a lot. And then there, there are going to be a lot of police officers, a lot of marshals, a lot of state troopers who will say, Henry Whitehorn helped me, you know, through in my career. And, you know, you have to respect that. I mean, he spent a lot of years, um, doing what most of us wouldn't do, you know, fighting crime, teaching cops how to be good cops and, and, battling bad guys
1: and that was an interesting at the at the debate for the north shreveport business association um when all the candidates were still there this is before the primary election uh that was a big the big you know issue made of the fact of of his experience uh in law enforcement and nicholson you know being an attorney Mm mm-hmm and so, you know, there's two sides to that coin.
3: Right. And, and they list, you know, the, if you go through, they'll list that there's a lot of sheriffs across the state who are lawyers who never had law enforcement experience. And, you know, it depends on your your frame of mind. Are you OK with a a, a legal guy who's pretty decent with financial stuff and, you know, detail stuff being your sheriff or do you want it to be a law enforcement guy? I mean there's two camps. People, a lot of people say it needs to be a law enforcement guy. There's a lot of deputies that'll say it needs to be a law enforcement guy. It needs to be somebody who knows what we do day in and day
1: out. Right. Um but then there's the camp that says the sheriff doesn't get in a patrol car right and goes and rides, you know, rides a shift absolutely he, he, it's administrative he's in charge of the jail he's in charge of collecting mm-hmm. taxes he's in charge of serving warrants he's you know it, it's more administrative running absolutely. running all you know but
3: do you need to know what your employees do do you need to know the the nuts and bolts of when your guy gets in that patrol car and he drives off to rodessa you know what does he do? What is he doing all day? What are sure. what are what are his what's his mission?
1: And that's um, where I think your chief deputy comes in. You mm-hmm, bet. And they understand the the importance of of those positions. Sure. And
3: you have to you know that the the sheriff will hire a chief deputy, and he'll put you know his, his leadership team in place. You know, and we're hearing rumblings of who Nicholson's going to have in, on his team, and who Whitehorn will have on his team, and um, you know. I, and I don't know any of it's true or not. I'm just hearing some names from the Whitehorn camp that I would be very disappointed in. I'd be very disappointed if I'm if some people are put in place um, that that is that are being mentioned with Whitehorn in positions in the mm-hmm. sheriff's office that they're they're just not people that have garnered the public's trust. That's what we need. We need somebody as our sheriff who garners the public's trust. Henry Whitehorn does that. There's no doubt about it. People feel like he's very trustworthy and an honorable, honest man. Will he be responsible with our money?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Cooler temperatures are here. Halloween tonight, we've got uh, Ken Boone from the Weather Channel are going to be joining us here in about 10 minutes talking about this change in our weather. Micah McCarty, 1017FM, 710 com.
0: Breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Geel.
1: Of course, this is Halloween. A lot of kids. It's going to be a beautiful night. It's going to be a little cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a guy posting some things, Aaron, and, and this is a guy that does this. Um, he, he goes to playgrounds and asks kids, Hey, you know, I've got a puppy in my van. Come see my puppy, right? And and he tells the parents he's going to do this. It's not he's not an actual predator. Okay. And he says, "Do you think your child will?" And no, no, Aaron. The kids get
4: in. They yes. just
1: get in the van. Mm-hmm. They and go he, with him. And, and 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 so he's he's posted some videos about Halloween. And he's got cameras set up, and he goes hey i've got i've got a lot of candy in my house. come in my house and the ma- and the mom or dad's standing out on the sidewalk and they're just they're, they're watching as their children go in the man 's house going into a stranger's house, Ooh. and they're just shocked now he comes back out and says, "Did you think your child would do that mm-hmm. and she and they're like, "You know
3: nobody thinks their kids would do that.
1: you, you think you're you're telling them you know stranger danger mm-hmm but yeah. unfortunately, uh, a lot of kids, you know, make sure to go over that with your kids. Very
3: gullible. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely.
1: Be careful if Santa's there, too. I mean, you yeah. bet. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that cooler weather, we've got Ken Boone with the Weather Channel joining us after the break. Mike and McCarty. 1017 FM, 710.
0: Back with McCarty Mo- on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel.
1: Weather Channel meteorologist Ken Boone joining us on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Good morning, Ken. Thanks for talking with us this morning. Good morning. If people are just getting up, it is much cooler than it has been in uh, Halloween. We're looking at a I don't think it's a record setting Halloween, but it's going to be a cold. It's cold front moving in.
7: Yes, uh, definitely a lot colder air is headed in. Temperatures out there now are right around the 40-degree mark. Some people are seeing some upper 30s. Some people still in the low 40s, depending on where you are. But certainly a chilly start to the day, and it is going to get even colder as we head through the next couple of nights. Uh, And you're right. The record low for today is uh, 20 eight, uh, and I think we're going to be down around the freezing mark tonight, uh, so it is going to be a pretty chilly night tonight, and uh, for the trick-or-treating hours, you know, between six and eight, we're going to be probably in the uh, upper 40s to low 50s range during that uh, time frame, so it is certainly going to be chilly out there.
3: Ken, 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 during your, yes. during your <laughs> forecast, you said freeze warning. Um, there is a... Yes. Are, seriously?
7: Yes, there is a freeze warning. Uh, Typically, the Weather Service puts out a freeze warning anytime the temperature is going to get down to right around or below freezing uh, for the first time, you know, in a season, typically. Uh, and so some people will get down below freezing tonight, I think. If you live outside the uh, city, temperatures could get down to the 29, 30 degree mark. I think downtown, we're probably looking at right around 32 degrees.
3: But no winter precip. It's going to be all the rains moved out.
1: It's gone.
7: Yes, that is correct. Very, very dry air in place. Uh, so no, no, uh, worry from that standpoint.
1: Last Saturday, I was kind of working in the, in the backyard and, Ken, I was sweating like Seattle Slough after a race. Was, mosquitoes were swarming me like bats coming out of a cave. And then now we're looking at freezing temperatures three days later. What? Yeah. What? How long yeah, will this cold front last?
7: Yes, it has been a pretty abrupt change uh, going from, uh, you know, basically very, very unseasonably warm temperatures with a nice stretch of uh, temperatures well into the 80s. Big change, big strong cold front that's moving through. And this chilly air is going to be with us uh, as we head through the next few days. It'll start to slowly uh, get warmer towards the end of the week and into the upcoming weekend. But I think it'll be Saturday, Sunday before temperatures get back to more seasonable levels. And that's in the low to mid 70s for this time of year. So we're going to be below average through at least Friday.
3: Now we have the State Fair in town this week. Um, It looks like no more rain for them. It looks like they're clear, huh?
7: Yeah, we're going to see dry weather uh, right through the week, even into early next week. Uh, so uh, big high pressure in behind this front builds in, and that's going to stick with us for several days.
3: How how widespread is this cold front across the country? I mean, you know, is it going deep down into Louisiana, all across the Gulf? Where is it kind of beginning oh, yeah. and end? Yeah.
7: Oh, yeah. We're going to see very cold temperatures all the way down uh, to the Gulf Coast, even into parts of North Florida. And I don't think it'll get below freezing as you get that far south, but certainly... We're seeing some very cold air that's going to get all the way down as far south as Florida.
1: Now, we were grateful to see the rain in the past few days. Where are we on our rainfall levels right now? Did, are we back up to normal? Are we still behind? Uh,
7: let's see. I don't have that off the top of my head, but I can get that for you real quick. Sorry, here. I see. threw a curveball uh, uh, at no. you here. <laughs> no, that's okay. Uh, we are right at, we are just about uh, right at uh, normal. Uh, we've got. Uh, uh, for the year, we've uh, had about uh, forty eight inches and uh, normal value is about forty three inches for this time of year. and for the month, uh, about four and a half inches, and that's where we are uh, for October. so we're pretty pretty close to normal uh, precipitation wise currently.
3: And is this and we're talking to Ken Boone with the weather channel, is this freeze warning for tonight? Is this typically earlier than we normally get our first freeze warning in the year? Isn't that usually later into November? It is usually
7: later because our normal low this time of year is just 50. So certainly not unheard of or unprecedented as, you know, uh, we talked earlier that the record lows for this date is actually in the 20s. So it certainly has gotten below freezing sooner. Uh, But, yes, you're right. It typically does occur uh, later on in November because – typically right now, our normal low is only 50 degrees. So, you could, as you can tell, we're a good bit below that.
1: Well, I love a cold Halloween. What can we look for as we move into Thanksgiving and Christmas? I mean, <laughs> snowfall? Do you know if we're going to have a little cooler winter nor- than normal or about well, average? Uh, it's,
7: it, the last time I checked, and of course, we're, we're phasing into an El Nino winter. And typically across uh, the south, that typically means above average precipitation and temperatures pretty close to just below average uh so that's uh, kind of the trend that we're going to be looking at as we go into the winter
3: and this freeze tonight we'll warm back up next week but then we'll start to see winter coming in as we get into november we'll start seeing these 80s and and 90 temps they're going to kind of be gone by the wayside pretty quickly huh
7: yeah yeah i mean uh i would say that uh, we're certainly headed towards the cooler time of year you know our normal high is only in the low to mid 70s so we spent a good bit of october well above average and uh, mm-hmm. as we head in here to november we're going to start well below average so I-, I would say that the chances of us getting back up uh up over 80 degrees those chances aren't any aren't aren't very good uh, as we head through uh um through november i think we're uh, gonna slowly transition here well th- quick transition but we are going to warm up a little bit after this cold air but i think in general uh we can say we're headed into the cooler temperatures
3: and ken tonight down to the 30 mark is this going to be the coldest night of this cold front tonight
7: um we uh well it's going to be just as cold uh i think tomorrow night as well um so we're going to see a couple of nights where we're going to be down into the 30s but yes i think uh, tonight actually will be the coldest night uh, but you're talking about 32 tonight, maybe 35, 36 tomorrow night. So
1: um,
7: we're going to have a couple of cold nights.
1: So okay. Ken Boone with the Weather Channel, predicting strong. a white Christmas below normal temperatures. He predict a
3: white Christmas.
1: we got a lot of snow coming. So, Ken, thank you so much, and we appreciate your time this morning. Sure. Thanks. 101.7 FM. You too, sir. 710 Keel. Let's get back to the show
0: with Mike and McCarty on one oh one seven FM and seven ten Kiel. One
4: oh
1: one seven FM, seven ten Kiel. Mike and McCarty.
3: New survey. I'm stunned by this. I really am. I'm. It's a new survey by a group, Preply, about who are the loudest Americans. What state has the loudest Americans?
1: Um, what state? Yeah. I mean, you would think New York.
3: New York, New Jersey. Right. Yeah. Illinois.
4: Mm-mm. Louisiana.
3: Louisiana. Number one, you serious? for the loudest talkers in America. Cages, they talk pretty loud now, Cher. And they they surveyed people like, where do you hear people getting the loudest? It's like places like grocery stores. Obviously, bars are on the list. But grocery stores, parks, they say they hear people screaming at their children in stores. And oh, I, I who hadn't that. heard I that. that? Have you heard a mom yelling well, at her course. kids? Of yes. Of course, yes. And they say one in five Louisiana residents has gotten in a yelling match in public.
1: Have you seen the video of the mom? She's holding a pan, a dish that she just took out, and, and she's trying to hand it to her teenage son. And she says, the bottom's hot. And he reaches underneath, and she goes, the bottom's hot. And he reaches underneath to take uh. <laughs> it. She has to sc- the bottom is hot. <laughs> and that's the only way. He goes, oh, oh. Yeah, Okay. <laughs> I,
3: I, you know, I often when I see and I've had those moments with my boys when I'm in the grocery store and they're just on your last nerve and you just want to scoop them up. And yeah, um, but I, oh, I there were times when I left, I would just leave my buggy. Sorry, grocery people. Right. These kids got to come with me and we would leave. But I see those moms who have lost it. I mean, they've lost right, it, right. and they're yelling, and they're getting ready to womp their kid on the booty. And I want, I want to intervene, but everybody that I know that loves me in my life says, "Don't intervene."
1: Unless a child is actually being abused.
3: Yes, exactly, yeah, and yeah. because you want to. And what I do do, I try to distract.
1: Oh, oh Reuben, she, she said, "Do do do."
3: I try to distract the kid. Right. And, you know, distract the kids crying
1: or whatever the kid is doing. And let me tell you what not to do. To help. I hated this when I was with the Bossier Police Department. Mm-hmm. And if I'm in a storing uniform and the, and the mom is going, you better behave. I'm going to get him to arrest you.
4: Oh. No, No, don't do that.
1: I would kneel down and go, no, don't be afraid of the police. And I tell the parent, please don't make him afraid of the police.
3: Absolutely. Not a good idea. I just, I just, you want to tell that mom, there's a better way. There's a better way. Don't scream at your kids. But we're the loudest in America. (laughs) We beat New Jersey. Are you kidding me? How did that happen? How did that happen? (laughs) Oh, my God. I forget.
1: (laughs) <laughs> uh, oh wait, uh, Paulette Freeman from the Bridge Alzheimer's Resource Center. Uh, they're, they're just off Line Avenue on Margaret Place. Is that right?
3: No, they're on Olive. But that's, that's what close. I said. Yeah. Oh,
1: okay, Olive. <laughs> I forgot where they were. Um, she's going to talk to us. They've got a big event coming up, mm-hmm. and uh, she's going to give us a memory test, like yeah. a like an inf-
4: that's informal what she says. informal
1: mm-hmm. memory test. All right, next, Micah McCarty, one oh one seven FM seven ten keelcom dot com. 101.7 101.7 FM, 710 Kiel, Mike and McCarty in studio with Paulette Freeman from the Bridge Alzheimer's and Dementia Resource Center. And uh, first of all, Paulette, good morning. Thank you for coming out here. Well,
8: thanks for this opportunity.
1: We're, we're excited to have you here. Um, a lot of people don't realize there there's... Uh, Alzheimer's not the only form of dementia, is that correct? That
8: is correct. Dementia is the umbrella term for cognitive behavior um, and so that that's declining and so some of these types of dementia with Alzheimer's being the most commonly diagnosed one is like frontotemporal dementia that Bruce Willis has, um, you have vascular dementia, you have Parkinson's disease dementia alcohol-induced dementia, mixed dementia,
1: and there's also... Uh, so because somebody has dementia doesn't mean they automatically have Alzheimer's.
8: That is correct. So you'd have to get a doctor's diagnosis for that to determine which one you have.
3: Mm-hmm. You are having a big event Friday for caregivers, for professionals, for loved ones to come out and learn more about dealing with someone who is suffering from dementia or Alzheimer's? Tell us about the conference. Oh
8: yes, we are so excited. You know, this is the only conference of its kind in Northwest Louisiana. We're bringing in an international speaker. She's on her way from Jerusalem, Israel, as we speak right now. Wow. She is a uh, the communications director for the Validation Institute, which teaches a hands-on approach to dealing with those um, uh, individuals that have dementia. And it can be at any level of dementia that she'll be addressing. Matter of fact, the keynote address topic is uh, step into their shoes and walk across the street. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's she's going to talk about, how to connect with them. The theme this year is empower, educate. And so we are going to do that with you. We're going to give you empowerment tools um, to help you. We're going to educate you. We're going to feed you. We're going to have a good time, but we're also going to educate you on how we can do all these things.
1: No, my note says it's engage. Engage. Empower,
8: I know. And engage. Mm-hmm. We're gonna engage you. Yeah. Engage
3: empower. And it's Friday, where is it? And and how can people sign up to go? Yeah, it's at First Methodist
8: Church in Bain Hall. And um you can go online at alzbridge.org dot org and uh click on conference and it'll take you through the scheduled events. Not only do we have a keynote speaker, but we have many um uh, local experts on dementia that are going to speak at breakout sessions. So you just go there uh, for caregivers. It's twenty five dollars each. General public twenty five dollars for healthcare professionals. It's thirty, and we also have continuing education credits for registered nurses, licensed social workers, and um, uh, nursing home facility administrators. Oh, cool! So if
1: somebody's concerned about their spouse or maybe a, a, an aging parent. What are some things that they should kind of be aware of and and look for?
8: Um, When you look for it, well, there's different signs, um, and sometimes these signs doesn't really mean they have dementia. Um, It could be that there's a vitamin deficiency or a UTI or something to that effect. the medicines are on. So, the, you know, the things that you, like normal aging, like we all forget something, right?
1: Sure. Go into a room, don't remember why I'm there. <laughs>
8: exactly. But we trace back our steps. We're able to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you have your family member that keeps going into a room and not realizing where they are, sometimes we misplace our keys, right? Sure. We always go back and find them. But when the person holds up the key and doesn't know what it's for... Then you know it's getting serious,
3: Paulette. We're talking to Paulette Freeman with the bridge. Um there are those of us who have dealt with a, a family member or a loved one that suffered from dementia or Alzheimer's, and a lot of us struggle. a lot of folks struggle because they they get frustrated, they just don't understand why are you not my mom or why are you not my dad, like I'm used to? What are some things that you some some tips advice you would give to somebody who's dealing with a person. It's not going to be the same person you're used to being with, correct? Oh, that's right. They're, they're, they're different. You
8: take a deep breath. I know they ask repetitive questions a lot. We talked about that earlier together here. Um, but you know, you're right. It's like, it's, they're not doing it on purpose. It's, it's a disease that they have that they can't help. And so this conference is going to help the people, the the attendees learn how to, Deal with these situations
3: and give you some other strategies. Right. Maybe to approach mom or dad or grandma or whoever. Exactly. Yes. And, and you know what? It doesn't just stop at our conference. We have workshops all
8: the time at our, um, at our building, at our organization, at eight fifty one Olive Street, and this is a great opportunity for the caregivers to learn more about how to deal
4: mm-hmm.
8: with different, uh, different. Not like separation anxiety is one of them, and we had uh, someone speak about that.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Now you do um, free screenings yes. at your facility don't you yes. Aaron Aaron went by uh, a few months ago yeah. and did a uh, did one of the free screenings I need to come by my wife wants to come by mm-hmm. well, and uh, and do that what what did what Tell us about uh, what somebody can expect with that.
8: Okay, so um, we have uh, two licensed individuals that can perform these um, memory screenings on you. It takes about 15 to 30 minutes tops. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll ask you a series of questions, have you do some um, drawings, um, and, and it's just a baseline memory screening. You'll get the results that day. It's not
1: Mm -hmm. in-depth or...
8: Right. Mm -hmm. You'll get that results that day and you can give it to your physician. If you did fine, then that's great. And we just say, come back next year and see where you're at. Mm -hmm. You have now established a baseline, right? Okay. So then if you do fall below the benchmark, then you can give it to your doctor and he can order some more in-depth testing for you. Okay, Okay,
3: Paul, that's going to give us a brief... Quiz. When Mm -hmm. we get back, if you're listening, you can take the quiz with us, correct? Mm -hmm. Simple. Just to kind of give you an idea of what you'll face when you come in and some of the questions folks will ask. Can we do that when we get back? Yes. You can. Paulette
1: Mm -hmm. Freeman with the Bridge Alzheimer's and Dementia Resource Center right here in Shreveport with Mike and McCarty. 1017 FM, 710. Now more breaking news
0: and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel.
1: Okay, I'm a little nervous. I Don't, don't need, be nervous. Don't, You'll be fine. I don't need help looking like an idiot.
3: No, no, this is fun. I, I, this is I'm fun.
1: quite capable of doing it's, that on my own.
3: It's fun. Don't worry about it. Paulette Freeman with the Bridge um, Alzheimer's and Dementia Resource Center on Olive and Tree Fork. You're going to yes. give us a quick little quiz. Yes. To see if, if we need to worry about anything. And if you're listening, you can kind of take the quiz with us. You can That's study right. beforehand. You can, and you can do this at
8: home, too, with yeah. your family. Okay, Erin. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you 30 seconds. Okay. And you're going to name as many animals as you can. Okay. okay. Mike, what you're going to do is tally up every time she says something. You don't need to write the name of the animal. Just put a mark down so we can count how many she can name in 30
3: seconds. Okay. I'm going to time you. All right. Are you ready? Yep. Go. Rabbit, cat, horse, donkey, raccoon, opossum, uh, dog, cat, uh, spider, snake, um, let's see, roach, rat, monkey, lion, tiger, bear, um, cheetah, elephant, hippopotamus, um, rhinoceros, bird, um, pigeon, squirrel, duck, goose. Time. um, How'd you I do? did it. Wow. Did I do okay. I kept going. Did I, did a duplicate? I don't know. How many did I get? Oh Mike? my goodness. Did I do all right? I think you did. Okay.
1: Well, I got 25, but you repeated a few. Okay. That's okay. And I don't know if a roach <laughs> is an animal. <laughs> yes.
3: It, well, what is it? A human?
1: It's an insect.
3: <laughs> but you Insects don't, are
1: animals. <laughs> no, they're not. They're insects. <laughs>
3: okay. it's good. Okay. Mike,
8: your turn. Am I tallying Uh-oh. on. You're tallying him. Okay. okay Mike, I'm going to give you 30 seconds. Hold on, let me I'm clear so, my. I'm so scared. <laughs> I'm going to give you 30 seconds and you're going to name as many objects as you can associated with Halloween since today is October 31st. Oh, gosh. Okay. No. Are you ready?
1: Uh, I, I Are you ready them. to tally, I'm Eric. ready,
8: yep. Okay.
1: Go. Uh, witch, ghost, goblin, jack o' lantern, uh, candy, pumpkins, trick or treating. Guys in weird vans.
5: Uh, oh my gosh!
1: What, what else? What else? Costumes, masks. Uh, uh, I I don't know. What else? <laughs> candy corn. I mean, I could list candy, Snickers, and, and Payday, and Time. Okay, you got thirteen. See, I okay. suck.
3: He needs to go to the doctor, doesn't he? <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: I'm not. I'm not a big Halloween prob- guy.
8: Oh, okay, I should have given you something
1: else. Well, what else is there?
8: <laughs> what else? did
1: I miss? The full moon, or
3: a- oh, I don't. I don't know. Werewolves. I don't know. Yeah, and,
8: but you did good. You yeah. know, they usually say around fifteen is good. <laughs> <laughs> See, I told so you.
3: You're a C minus, but you're still good. You can't. Yeah. So here's the
8: deal: a year from now, do it again. Mm-hmm. You've got a baseline. If you do better, that's even. That's great. If you do worse or if you just come up with one.
1: Uh, Well, yeah. (laughs) I I hope I would do better than one. Okay,
8: you got another question for us? No, that's it. So that's pretty easy. Yes. That was just a fun quiz to do at home with your family. And you could do anything. You could do
3: like types of trees or you could do, yeah, rivers or whatever. So,
8: yeah, yeah, like so if your father is a car mechanic, have him name any parts associated with a car. Okay, so see, they'll start naming those things. Okay. And then you can see later on in a year or two, if he's having a hard time remembering those, you might want to come in for a, a full screening.
3: Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, when you have the, the conference on Friday or and you have the caregivers there, you have the, the professionals, you're typically not going to have the patient there, correct? That's correct. Okay, yes. This that is, would be inappropriate.
8: Well, yeah, I mean that's it would be difficult to have sure. for the person to sit all day through that.
3: What Dracula! If, oh, Dracula. <laughs> He's stressing out over there. What More are the um, what are the um, what are the protocols now for treating dementia? Have things changed? Are we seeing some light at the end of the tunnel? Yeah,
8: unfortunately, there's still no cure for Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. That's the sad part. More research needs to be done. However, a few months ago, um, FDA approved a new drug, Lakembi. Um And um, we LSU Health here in Shreveport actually is screening patients for that. Um, and you can call the bridge, our office, and mm-hmm. get in touch with them. But basically, you'll go through a screening. And then when the drug is available mm-hmm. by FDA uh, here in Shreveport, then they can administer that drug.
1: Candied apples. Yeah. It's stressing
3: out over there. Let me ask you're you something. Great, I know you get this question all the time. People that say that maybe are our age. We're in our you know early fifties. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> I'll go with that who, too. Who want to prevent what you know? I want to keep myself from becoming yeah. having dementia or Alzheimer's. Oh. Are there things you can start doing in your younger years? Say when you're Ruben's age, that you could start doing now.
1: Or even other Absolutely. forms of dementia, right. like she said, yeah. alcohol-induced. Mm-hmm. I'm sure smoking doesn't help no, constrict your vessels.
8: Well, basically, taking care of your body. Everything you learned about your heart, on how to take care of your heart, the exercising, low cholesterol, all of that, that is all associated um, with for, uh, for reducing your risk for Alzheimer's. Believe it or not, plaque in your teeth. It's important for you to get your teeth clean. Okay. Yeah, that plaque can travel to your brain. Hmm. I know. So that's something new we learned. So there's all kinds of... The Mediterranean diet, of course, is always the best type of diet. Cut out the sugars. No more Coca-Colas. No more sodas. That all contributes to um, poor health and um, and cognitive decline.
3: And we saw during the pandemic, um, literally a wave of people being isolated, staying home, Mm. not getting out and being with people, ordering their groceries online, not being among friends, and that now we're seeing these people are, a lot of them are lonely. They're Mm. staying home. They're not getting out. They're no longer active. Right. Um, We have to turn that back around, don't we?
8: We do because um, being social is all part, being engaged, being uh, part of, Just everyday living with your family, um, that's,
1: is so very important. So, what about things like reading? Just in general, reading for pleasure, crossword puzzles, things like that. Is that actually beneficial to one's mental health? It's
8: good. Everyone asks, you know, says, I do a crossword puzzle every day, which is, that's great. I applaud you, but you're just getting good at crosswords. Okay. You know. So Mm -hmm. do another puzzle. Try different puzzles. Even uh, brush your teeth with your non-dominant hand.
4: Oh, I can't. Try something like that. I can't. uh,
8: take a different way home that you're not familiar with. Okay. To kind of exercise your brain. The more you exercise your brain, um, it
3: helps. I see when I'm playing games on my phone. I see those ads that pop up that say, "Doctors say if you play this game." Ten minutes a day, it'll help oh, your yeah. brain health. Yeah. Is that hogwash? Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> Dumb question, right? Yes. Reply no, to this it's email
1: not. for your two my million mom, dollars from my, the prince.
3: My mother believed playing. She called it Sudoku. Sudoku. She uh-huh. believed playing Sudoku helped her brain. Probably not, right? Well. I mean it doesn't it,
8: hurt. It doesn't hurt. Like I said, it's just if you think that's the if you do that's the only puzzle and you think that's going to help mm-hmm. you. But it's just exercising
1: all well, part of different things. Yeah. So, uh-huh. the third annual education conference on Alzheimer's and dementia is this Friday, November 3rd, First Methodist Church. If somebody wants to find more information about this, uh, what do they need to
4: do?
8: Well, they can call our office, 318 656 4800. That's the quickest. Or go on our website at alzbridge.org.
1: Thank call you up. so much. Thanks so oh, much.
8: Thanks for having me. You bet. All right.
1: I feel like an idiot. Popcorn balls. <laughs> Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Kiel. Back
0: to the big stories of the day
1: with Mike and McCarty on
0: 1017 FM and 710 Kiel.
1: Hey, hey's affiliated with Halloween.
3: You're stressing out over there, are <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh. I could have named animals all day.
3: I know, I know, I know. But
1: she gave me the Halloween one.
3: Yeah, that was a hard one. That's all right. You did okay. You didn't fail.
1: <laughs> you did okay. It's, it's it, my I best day in butt, school. Yeah, you did. Oh, yeah, you did okay. <laughs> you did okay. <laughs> you didn't fail.
3: Yeah, that's nice. That's and you know you can do that kind it's of test. Interesting all, though. Kinds of trees, kinds of plants. I mean, you can do. Um, Car models, you know, whatever. You can do all kind of stuff like that. I,
1: I thought she was going to do, like, like give us three words, three random words, mm-hmm. and then talk, talk, talk. And then now, now what were those random words?
3: Well, part of the test I took, and I, I remember it, it, is she's going to read a sentence to you, and you're going to read the sentence back. You're going to repeat the sentence back, and then you're going to go on with the test, and then she's going to come back to that sentence and go, you remember the sentence we did mm-hmm. at the beginning? And you got to try to repeat it. And, um, there's some things like that that you're like,
4: ah, I'm not right, going to remember right, that. Yeah. yeah you
3: you freak out. Kind of like when you, when you realize you got Halloween and I got animals. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Got a cold front coming in almost record lows for Halloween tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ken Boone with the weather channel going to join us right after the break, telling us about this cool front coming in. Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 keel.com. With more of Mike and McCarty on
0: 1017 FM and 710 Kiel.
1: Weather Channel meteorologist Ken Boone joining us on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Good morning, Ken. Thanks for talking with us this morning. Good morning. If people are just getting up, it is much cooler than it has been. And uh, Halloween, we're looking at a. I don't think it's a record-setting Halloween, but it's going to be a cold. There's cold front moving in.
7: Yes, uh, definitely a lot of colder air is headed in. Temperatures out there now are right around the forty degree mark. Some people are seeing some upper thirties. Some people still in the low forties, depending on where you are, but certainly a chilly start to the day and it is going to get even colder as we head through the next couple of nights uh and you're right the record low for today is uh 28 uh and i think we're going to be down around the freezing mark tonight uh so it is going to be a pretty chilly night tonight and uh, for the trick-or-treating hours between six and eight we're going to be probably in the uh, upper 40s to low 50s range during that uh, time frame so it is certainly going to be chilly
3: out there can 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 during your yes. during your <laughs> forecast, you said freeze warning. Um, there is a yes. Uh, seriously.
7: Yes, there is a freeze warning. Uh, typically, the Weather Service puts out a freeze warning anytime the temperature is going to get down to right around or below freezing uh, for the first time. You know, in a season, typically, uh, and so some people will get down below freezing tonight. I think if you live outside the uh, city. Temperatures could get down to the 29, 30-degree mark. I think downtown, we're probably looking at right around 32 degrees.
3: But no winter precip. It's going to be all the rain's moved out. It's gone.
7: Yes, that is correct. Very, very dry air in place. Uh, so no no uh, worry from that standpoint.
1: Last Saturday, I was kind of working in the in the backyard. And, Ken, I was sweating like Seattle slough after a race. Mosquitoes were swarming me like bats coming out of a cave. And then now we're looking at freezing temperatures three days later. What? Yeah. What? How long will this cold front last?
7: Yes, it has been a pretty abrupt change uh, going from, uh, you know, basically very, very unseasonably warm temperatures with a nice stretch of uh, temperatures well into the 80s. Big change, big strong cold front that's moving through. And this chilly air is going to be with us uh, as we head through the next few days. It'll start to slowly uh, get warmer towards the end of the week and into the upcoming weekend. But I think it'll be Saturday, Sunday before temperatures get back to more seasonable levels. And that's in the low to mid-70s for this time of year. So we're going to be below average through at least Friday.
3: Now, we have the State Fair in town this week. Um, It looks like no more rain for them. It looks like they're clear, huh? Yeah, we're going to see
7: dry weather uh, right through the week, even into early next week. Uh, So uh, big high pressure in behind this front builds in. And that's going to stick with us for several days.
3: How how widespread is this cold front across the country? I mean, you know, is it going deep down into Louisiana all across the Gulf? Where is it kind of beginning oh, yeah. and end? Yeah.
7: Oh, yeah. We're going to see very cold temperatures all the way down uh, to the Gulf Coast, even into parts of North Florida. And I don't think it'll get below freezing as you get that far south, but certainly we're seeing some very cold air that's going to get all the way down as far south as Florida.
1: Now we were grateful to see the rain in the past few days. Where are we on our rainfall levels right now? Did, are we back up to normal? Are we still behind?
7: Uh let's see. I don't have that off the top of my head, but I can get that for you real quick. Sorry, here. I see. threw a curveball uh, no. at you here. <laughs> no. That's okay. Uh we are right at we are just about uh right at uh, normal. Uh we've got uh uh, for the year, we've uh, had about uh, 48 inches, and uh, normal value is about 43 inches for this time of year, and for the month, uh, about four and a half inches, and that's where we are uh, for October. So we're pretty pretty close to normal uh, precipitation-wise currently.
3: And is this, and we're talking to Ken Boone with the Weather Channel, is this freeze warning for tonight, is this typically earlier than we normally get our first freeze warning in the year? Isn't that usually later into November?
7: it is usually later because our normal low this time of year is just 50 so certainly not unheard of or unprecedented as you know uh, we talked earlier that the record lows for this date is actually in the 20s so it certainly has gotten below freezing sooner uh, but yes you're right it typically does occur uh, later on in november because typically right now our normal low is only 50 degrees so you could, as you could tell we're a good bit below that
1: well i love a cold halloween what can we look for as we move into Thanksgiving and Christmas? I mean, <laughs> snowfall? Do you know if we're going to have a little cooler winter nor- than normal or about well, average? Uh,
7: the, it, the last time I checked, of course, we're, we're phasing into an El Nino winter. And typically across uh, the south, that typically means above average precipitation and temperatures pretty close to just below average. Uh, so that's uh, kind of the trend that we're going to be looking at as we go into the winter.
3: And this freeze tonight we'll warm back up next week but then we'll start to see winter coming in as we get into november we'll start seeing these 80s and and 90 temps they're going to kind of be gone by the wayside pretty quickly huh
7: yeah I, yeah i mean uh i would say that uh, we're certainly headed towards the cooler time of year you know our normal high is only in the low to mid 70s so we spent a good bit of october well above average and uh, mm-hmm. as we head in here into november we're going to start well below average so i, I would say but the chances of us getting back up uh, up over eighty degrees; those chances aren't any aren't aren't very good uh, as we head through uh, um, through November. I think we're uh, going to slowly transition here, well, quick transition, but we are going to warm up a little bit after this cold air. But I think in general, uh, we can say we're headed into the cooler temperatures.
3: And Ken, tonight down to the thirty mark. Is this going to be the coldest night of this cold front tonight?
7: Um, we uh, Well, it's going to be just as cold, uh, I think, tomorrow night as well. Um, so we're going to see a couple of nights where we're going to be down into the 30s. But, yes, I think uh, tonight actually will be the coldest night. Uh, but you're talking about 32 tonight, maybe 35, 36 tomorrow night. So... Um, we're gonna have a
1: couple of cold nights. So okay. Ken Boone with the Weather Channel predicting a white Christmas below temperatures. He normal did not predict a
3: white Christmas. He says
1: we got a lot of <laughs> snow coming. So Ken, <laughs> thank you so much, and we appreciate your time this morning. Sure. Thanks. 1017 FM. You too, sir, 710 Keel. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017FM and
0: 710 Keel.
1: A lot of kids are going to be very excited this evening. Mm-hmm. Be very, very careful. Yes. If you are driving, especially. Aaron, it just, no pun intended, drives me nuts when I see people just flying through the neighborhood. Absolutely. Anytime, but mm-hmm. especially on Halloween. Oh. Kids. So excited, and they see something, and they're going to dart across the street, and you know, you, never see you, you. You never, never know uh, when when that could happen. Uh, Shreveport Police Department did offer some Halloween safety tips. Um, and a lot of them are common sense, obviously. You know, never let your kids go out with a realistic replica of a firearm. A
3: bad plan.
1: Not a good idea. Don't go trick or treating alone without an adult, especially if they're young. Mm-hmm.
4: Uh,
1: we, we would go, you know, in our neighborhood in, in South Bosier back in the sixties, uh, it was a different time back then.
3: Yeah, uh, big time. It was a different Much time.
1: Different. Never enter a stranger's home. We or... really
3: have to tell the kids that?
1: Yes, obviously we do. Never accept rides from strangers. Right. Uh, costumes should be made of light-colored fireproof material. hmm And uh, make sure masks and wigs are fireproof and don't impair vision. Yep. Just some safety tips that you can check them out on keelnews.com. I've got their entire list posted. I told you earlier, there was a guy that posted some things on, uh, I think it was Facebook, Instagram. Those are the only two I really use. Um, But he instructs parents on child safety. Uh. And he'll go to like playgrounds. and, And he'll tell the parent, I'm going to approach your child. What do you think your child will do? my and and aaron they get in cars with him hey you know the old Uh, i've got a puppy and i need in my van you want to see my puppy and oh my gosh and they just jump in the car and he just recently did one about halloween and Mm. he's got a camera set up inside and he opens the door and he goes hey guys i've got more candy but it's inside come on in and they just walk into the stranger's house. With mom and dad standing right there. Mom and dad are on the sidewalk. Now, maybe that's why they feel safe, because mom and dad are right there. But yeah. still, don't go into a stranger's home. Ooh. And 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 he's got a camera set up outside showing the parents' reactions. And they're just shocked.
3: hmm And that's the thing about predators, is that they know what will hook a kid. Sure. They know what works on children, and they use it. And this is one of those nights when... You're going to have, you know, people that prey on children. Mm-hmm. This is one of those nights when they love to try to get the children hooked.
1: There's uh, there's also a story on keelnews.com, how to avoid sex offenders on Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to check that out as well, because, uh, you know, 2023, unfortunately, it's something that we have to be aware of. Absolutely. I don't want to try to throw a damper on this beautiful evening. It's going to be gorgeous and cold. Uh, but there are things you need to use some common sense. Watch out for your kids. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Stay
4: safe. Mm-hmm. We'll see you Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Mike and McCarty, 1017FM, 710 com.